Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the horror podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm Hannah. And I'm Sarah. Welcome back, Hi, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I missed you. Hello. You haven't been on since yeah. the ring. It's yeah. been a minute. I yeah. ha- I wasn't even Hi. there that time, and I- so I get to see you for the first time. Hello. Hello. Well, well yeah, we've met we've internet. met before. Yeah. Yes, yeah. technically. <laughs> but this is a business setting. We are doing business today. Uh, yeah. Business. I- <laughs> business. Is this a business? I don't know. <laughs> the business of watching it. movies. True, and yes. a very serious business at that. I mean, I guess people <laughs> can make it a business if you donate to our Patreon. Hey. Subtle. This was S- my plan all along. <laughs> ah, so today um, we went off Netflix again because our plans have been foiled many times by like I had a couple other movies we were going to watch today and then they're all not on Netflix. But anyway, we watched Deerskin which um, if anyone's been listening to the show for a for like a long time. I actually talked about it briefly on, I did an episode about the Cannes Film Festival in 2019 because I had an internship there. And so this was actually one of the films I got to watch while I was at the film festival and I talked about it a little bit, but uh, yeah, we finally watched it. So. Yeah. Initial- this is yeah, the one good. that was directed by the same person that made Rubber, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. We have watched a lot of movies on this podcast. Now I didn't even—I haven't even watched as much as you and Marty, Kyla. But most of them, I don't tend to like very much. <laughs> yeah, but I like this one very much. I really did. Yeah, this one was great. Yeah, I thought it was very funny, and I have a fan theory in my head about some stuff. But ooh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. So, Sarah, what did you yeah. think? Oh, what did I think? Um, yeah, I think I thought this was a pretty good movie. I remember when Rubber came out and everybody had a hot take about it. Like, anytime there is a, a really surreal, sort of uh, non realistic movie like that that comes out and, and gets a lot of buzz from the sort of people who would be into that kind of thing. Uh, you know that particular brand of pervert, and I, <laughs> I, um, uh, I, I, I remember like any time a movie like that comes out, uh, there's always like a a weird sort of backlash from normie film circles of like, well, that wasn't a good movie at all. All these people are just huffing paint or something. I don't know if that's what kids still do these days. I don't know. But oh, they're doing uh, whippets now. Oh, we're doing whippets now. Okay, whippets. <laughs> um. I'm old school. I just smoke the devil's lettuce. Yeah. I think I think I think this film um, follows in that mold a lot. Like I, I right, so I, I really liked Rubber, uh, and and I've I've always sort of admired it as this weird, off-putting movie that shouldn't exist and does, uh, and this feels like this the. Uh, the same director now in his 30s making something a little bit more pared down it's not quite as surrealistic um i i don't know i really enjoyed it i i i found myself like a little over halfway through the movie thinking like why is this why is this awful psychopath resonating so much with me and I realized it's because I'm so used to serial killer movies. And I guess we're sort of jumping in. I'm, I'm jumping into just sort of talking about what happens in the movie a little bit here. But I'm so used to serial killer movies where it's like every everybody watched Dexter uh, and, and, and went away from that thinking like serial killers who have a plan are cool. <laughs> so they always write serial killers who are like meticulous planners and it's always like they're they're synonymous with like I don't know like uh, uh, like mathematicians like the same way that mathematicians are depicted in movies. It, now that's the same way that that uh, the serial killers are depicted. And, and it was just nice to watch a movie where it's just a guy killing people carelessly, like with with seemingly no plan, 
no contingency, no understanding or awareness of the fact that what he's doing could get him into trouble with any sort of authorities. Like, there's something quaint about it, almost, where it's like, like the kind of murder movie that just doesn't get made anymore. It feels more like backyard shenanigans than, like, the mechanisms of the great and powerful. Yeah. Like, this is just a guy who's off his rocker, and I really dig it. I feel like if you took this character and, like, made him American, he would be in a Will Ferrell movie. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not far (laughs) off. Yeah. Yeah. But why is it Talladega Nights, though? Um... (laughs) Because of the Ricky Bobby aesthetic of the deerskin jacket, pants, gloves, shoes, and hat. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I just kind of see him as like, I don't know. If, if like they Americanize this movie, I can see Will Ferrell playing this role and just being fucking weird. That is my worst nightmare. Well, <laughs> well what's interesting about this movie to me is how this, this is the actor from The Artist, right? Yes. And he just, yeah. I think he's very, he just has this air of like, like if I just looked at him, I'm like, oh, that is a very serious man. Like, I think someone compared him to Sean Connery and he just has mm-hmm. this air of like, he's a serious man who like maybe writes poetry in a cabin or something. But like Sarah said, he's just ridiculous Yeah, <laughs> in everything he does and the way he behaves. And I just, ab- I think it's absolutely stellar performance. He's a sad for, like, freak. <laughs> But like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it wants you to feel sorry for yeah, him. No, which I feel like I so many movies like The Joker <laughs> do. And this is just like, nah, just just watch him do what he do. There he goes. Yeah, like, he's he's definitely a sad freak, but he's not a relatable or, uh, like, I mean, I like, related to him. I, I mean, really like this guy jacket. blew his life savings <laughs> on a jacket. I, I, I would do that. I feel that. Like, I also, like, would do that, but also, like, he's just a weirdo, and, like, you don't feel sorry for him when he dies at the end because he threw a rock at a child. (laughs) (sighs) I think that's the part where I really feel like what you said, Sarah, comes into play for me, where it's it's not treated with this gravitas mathematician like oh and then his hubris got him well i guess it did but it's in the most like petty way of like yeah no like just like says you you hit my kid i kill you you think the reason that maybe he he's gonna die is like just because someone finally finds out that like he's the one like murdering all these people and stealing their jackets and like throwing should we should we explain the plot should yeah, we, we probably should. <laughs> I think we should not. Because I'm, I'm sure explain. everyone listening to this is going to be like, what the fuck is up with the, like, jacket? What? What's up with the jacket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to be to be fair, there isn't much of a story in this movie. It's, it's, it's a lot of, like, mood more than mm-hmm. anything. And just sort of, like, a, a guy being very off-putting in, yeah. in uh... <laughs> mountainous like rural france region mm-hmm. hope you like fringe yeah yeah um yeah he just so the film follows this guy who at the very beginning like spends close to eight thousand euros on a leather deerskin jacket with fringe um that the he, fringe is important yeah it's very important that he just becomes obsessed with um now he has no money so he like figures out this way to stay at a hotel and not pay for it. And just his whole life is like this series of lies. Like he meets this girl at a bar and tells her that he's a filmmaker because he, when he bought the jacket, it came with a camera that the guy just gave him when he was selling it. Um, Yeah. Like a shitty, uh, (laughs) like a shitty VHSC camcorder. Yeah. (laughs) It had like the little tapes and like, yeah. Yeah. So this guy, like, He's like, oh yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Um, and coincidentally, she's an editor. So, and the one of my favorite scenes in the film is how she talks about um, she edited Pulp Fiction so that it's in chronological order. And she's like, yeah, it kind of yeah. sucks. <laughs> and like, <laughs> 
And he and his response to that is, "Oh, how did you how did you do that? Did you do you have like a special machine?" And she just sort of like stares at him, like he's like that's the moment. I think I said this out loud. Like, oh, she knows that he's full of shit because yeah. she just stares at him like. Uh, no, I, I, I used I have, my brain. I have, I have a computer, like everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Your special machine is my mind. Yeah. The way he also laughs off the the way that he always is caught in his lie so poorly. Like this man is not a good liar. No. Like he just no. goes like, "Oh yeah, of course, your computer, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah." It's, I'm sure it just he. Makes he, me he laugh. This feels like if Fargo was just about, um, oh, what's his name? The, the, the dad character. Oh my God. It's like Dewey or some weird shit. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, the, the, one of the many funny looking fellows in that movie. Uh, (laughs) but it's like if, 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 if Fargo was just about that guy, it would be, that would be this movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's got such a dry humor, which is so. I really wish I spoke more fluent French because I could tell there was dry inflections and then suddenly like random outbursts, but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. given in a very dry way. That I'm like, oh man, if I spoke French, this would be hilarious. Yeah, right. I, see, and it still is. It's just no. I feel that I I know like just enough French that like I can tell um like the tone of the sentence and stuff. Uh. Like I guess better than than the English translations, but like not enough to just be able to watch it without subtitles. Mm. It's in that like I'm in that weird in between. Um, oh, but yeah, so yeah. he a- acquires this jacket. He's making a movie, and he just goes around lying to people and running out of money, and then um, he starts talking to his jacket and. The George, right? Or is that that's his, his name? name? Yeah, the the guy's yeah the guy's name is George. Yeah, and um, he and his jacket come up with a plan that the jacket will be the only jacket in the world, and he's going to rid every one of their jackets. <laughs> so that's what he like. He starts using this film as a way to do that. Like he pretends that like oh yeah, you guys are going to be acting. Like it's it's not pretend because he is filming them, and aren't we all just actors? Um, but anyway, he'll All like he'll be like for this stage. for this scene, you're putting your jacket in the trunk of my car and swearing that you'll never wear another jacket. So like they do it, and then he just drives away with all of their jackets in his car, <laughs> which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's like so he put good. he put like an ad out online and was like, "Hey, I'm looking for actors," and they they showed up, and he just starts filming them and pays them. Like he does pay his actors. Uh, and then he just drives away with their jackets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, another thing is um, he he calls uh, he 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 spends like thousands of euros on this jacket, and then he arrives at this place. He and he like uh, he arrives at this hotel, and he doesn't have any more cash. So as collateral, he puts down like his gold wedding ring, mm-hmm. and and then he goes outside and he calls his ex-wife or current wife it's unclear about their the nature of their relationship they are at least separated i think yeah but your your her her statement to him is like like you're nowhere you no longer exist and then just hangs up on him like a lot of the extraneous detail in this film (laughs) is very strange where there's there's I I I love a movie like this where it feels like it could go for like a supernatural twist and then it just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I like I, I like a movie where there's not really an explanation for people being weird. People are just are weird sometimes. Yeah. I fucking love surrealism and absurdism a little bit. I can't uh, I don't know the proper like terms, mm-hmm. but just when things are weird, but kind of like you said, Sarah, things are weird. And they don't need an explanation. I think rubber, if I remember correctly, oh, yeah. is similar. And, like, it's a tire that kills people. And that's all the explanation that is given. Yep. But it just feels like it makes so much sense because they just commit so hard. Because mm-hmm. they are more interested in the idea than the explanation. And that is so, so much fun to watch. Because just seeing how far something's going to go and, like, how they twist the logic in a way that makes sense but you never would have expected because it in no way resembles, like 
normal reality logic. It resembles this film's specific way of the world working. And it's just so creative and it's so much fun and just when everything twists and turns, it's so satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the ending with the just there's just this random kid who follows around the guy with the jacket and just stares at him and then like the guy lobs a rock at him and he's like stop staring at me kid and then at the end when the dad shoots the man in the jacket at first I'm like who shot him was it the deer was it was it the cops did they find him was it the filmmaker lady and then no, no it's, it's the dad the kid's dad of the kid and I'm like <laughs> and I immediately was like this is so perfect this is so smart everything comes around again it's so good. yeah it's so interesting because so he uh he decides that he's gonna uh make a film about uh getting rid of all of the jackets in the world and uh he's giving the footage to this this woman that he met who he decides is his editor uh and and basically tries to con her out of a bunch of money and she gives it she gives him a bunch of money uh, uh but she genuinely seems to like the footage uh but but he he goes around like uh she she says i can i can maybe get you more money cuz eventually her like bank account gets gets locked cuz she's withdrawing hundreds of euro out of nowhere uh mm-hmm. she's like i can maybe get you more money but we need like some some more violence we need something more that people can like go for so he takes the fan the ceiling fan out of his ceiling and rips one of the the ceiling fan blades out and then like drives slowly with 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 the with the 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 driver's side door open dragging Mm -hmm. the fan blade along the concrete and you can see the sparks as he's driving to sharpen it Mm-hmm. And then he just goes on a fucking killing spree. Yeah, th- I think that's, like, probably my favorite sequence is when he, like, gets, he, like, takes the fan blade off mm-hmm. of his car, or uh, off of, like, the ceiling fan, and then he's just, like, dragging it across, like, with his door open, like, with his car. Just, yeah. <laughs> that part alone was, like, oh my god, he's making himself a sword, and then he gets a watermelon out <laughs> <laughs> and he cuts and he it. The watermelon. The water. The watermelon was like it wasn't necessary because you kind of know what he's trying to do. But at it was that point. a great. It was detail. absolutely necessary. It was a very good it detail. Absolutely. It felt like I was I watching it. like one of those like DIY sword YouTubes, and you know the guys yeah. that like try to cut open the watermelons to see how sharp their blades are. Yeah. What's up, everybody? On today, today on Swordcast, I'm going to teach you how to turn your so- your 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 ceiling fan blades into a sword, yeah. like, like that kind of thing. Protect your yeah. fringe and your family. What I was mm-hmm. thinking of was uh, there's this like very specific video of like this guy, and he's like, I don't remember if he's cutting open like water bottles or a watermelon, but like he like cuts it open with this like really sharp sword and then he just kinda hangs out and he goes, It will keel. <laughs> <laughs> so Excellent. like Excellent. <laughs> I think That's for me I... my favorite part immediately follows that killing montage where yeah, that was the great. editor woman looks at all the footage. Mm-hmm. And like goes up to him and says, like, the jig is up, pal. I know you are full of beans. Mm-hmm. And he, she just says, but I want to make this movie. I have all this money. We're going to make this movie. And just that she's fully committed to it. And then they drive out into the middle of nowhere. Well, no, it's not the middle of nowhere. It's like where the film begins, right? Or at least where his little mockumentary film begins. Yeah. It's that mountain range mm-hmm. where he's buried all the jackets. Mm-hmm. And she buys him deerskin pants and gloves. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he, like, <laughs> yeah. acquiring all of these other deerskin clothes so he gets boots he gets a hat which he steals from a guy who kills himself yeah the yeah. The, the clerk the clerk that uh he gave his we- his wedding ring to as collateral like he comes back to the hotel the next day and there's a new clerk at the desk and the guy's like oh yeah the other guy killed himself mm-hmm. and i had and like we we put him in in room one until the the coroner arrives you can go up there and say your last respects if you want and so George goes upstairs, and he's also trying to, like, uh, get his room again for another night, and he still has no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes up, and, like, it's a great reveal. 
because you he the the way it's framed is it's like just outside of the door frame and George like is is on the right side of the frame out of focus like in front of the camera and on the left side of frame you can see in focus the bed and the legs of a body and like hands clasped over a deerskin hat mm-hmm. and George walks uh frame left and reveals that this body's face is just like gone. Mm-hmm. So like he blew, he, like he he like shot himself in the face and it blew his face out. Yeah, and it's like this movie has some of the most over the top extreme violence that is simultaneously so understated mm-hmm. that it's like that to me is is sort of what makes this kind of a, a really special movie because. Yeah. Like, ultraviolence has been really popular lately. I feel like Nicolas Cage's recent resurgence over the last six <laughs> years is basically, like, just uh, people love watching him splashed with gallons of fake blood. Yes. Um, we we literally just watched Willy's Wonderland, like, uh, last night, and that was great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but but this movie doesn't do that, really. Like, we, we, we see this, like, corpse that has the face, like, just removed, and it's, like, grotesque, but it's also just sort of there. And then when he goes on the killing spree with the the, the, uh, the fan blade... He cuts like, a guy's, like, whole head in half, like, through the mouth. Well, yeah, like, it's weird, because there's, there's a couple of, like, long shots where he just sort of does it, and you see the guys fall, and you think, okay, well... It's just, it's just, it's just choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, but then like there, yeah, there are a couple of shots. Like there is the one where he like slices up and the this guy's whole entire face sort of like, he falls backwards and his face folds over mm-hmm. all, like so that his, like the front half of his face is like touching his scalp. Yeah. It's, and it's, and like, uh, there's a part where he's like stopping a woman in her car. She's like, like she stops uh, while he's like packing stuff in his jacket, and he's wearing like a a, a plastic poncho that's covered in blood <laughs> oh, yeah, to, to keep his stopped. jacket his safe. Jacket. <laughs> yeah, and she, yeah, because yeah, because in the first time he killed somebody, he got some blood on his jacket, and he was really worried about that. Uh, but he's wearing this this plastic poncho, and this woman pulls over and it's like, "Hey, I'm lost. Can you give me some directions?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, sure." And he walks over, and he just stabs through the roof of the car down like into her head. Mm-hmm. And, then, and he's like filming her while he's doing it. Yeah, and and he then the the montage then continues, showing him pulling the jackets off of all of those people, and it's just so like like the the thing with with uh, him stabbing that woman in the car. I keep I keep like I I can see it in so many other movies. Where it would be, there would be like all this blood flowing everywhere. We would cut to a close up of her, and it'd be like blood bubbling out of her mouth, and it'd be like, "Well, please, please don't hurt." But no, it's just sort of like it happens, and she's she's sort of she's just dead, mm-hmm. and and there's like a little bit of blood, but not very much. And yeah. it's like it's like like it's 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 executed flawlessly. Like it's mm-hmm. it's ex- it walks such a fine line. I'm, the it's, the other it's thing really about impressive. all of these kills is that like nobody screams when they're getting killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he just kills them, and it's like out of surprise they just don't say anything or don't make any noise. It's like it's, very good. <laughs> it's honestly very pure to me as well because something I struggle with in a lot of horror movies is how exploitative they feel. Mm-hmm. Either it's like about sex or death or power, and yeah. like this this man doesn't feel. Like, the way Michael Myers does, or the way Jason does, where you feel his presence as a threat. Like, he's just kind of a guy. He's just a guy in a weird jacket, and he's there. And the deaths aren't done to be, like... It doesn't feel like a thing about dominance. It's just, like, I just want your jacket. Mm -hmm. Like, you are just in my way to get get the fucking jacket. And honestly, there's something so refreshing about that. Kind of like... I keep bringing back what you said in the beginning, Sarah, of, like... There's this idea of power and the killer and what power does that give you? And this guy is like, he's not even doing it for the violence. He just wants the fucking jacket. Yeah. And he's tired of like going through all the rigmarole to get it. And there's something weirdly refreshing about that. Yeah. 
the the thing about it is like with other movies where there's a killer, it's like their humanity is almost stripped away to make make you fear them more. Mm-hmm. But like but because this guy is like the protagonist basically and you're watching him just kill people, you're just it, like it doesn't feel weird. Like the just like the fact that he's like just the fact that he just decides to start killing people because his he he's talking to his jacket and his jacket does like wants to be the only jacket in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like there's something so good about that motivation though. It's like John Wick in that it proves that you don't need a complicated motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually now that uh this might be the first movie about a serial killer that I've seen, and it's only really like technically about a serial killer mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't involve the cops. There's never a cop, yeah, yeah. ever. Hmm. Because it's 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 rural France, and like, yeah, it's it's you know he's he's killing people out in town at night where they're where they're sort of like isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, but then he comes back to the hotel and he just kicks in a door and kills a random person in there and takes her jacket. It's and it's um, and that's the point at which she, uh, uh, the editor Denise, uh, basically says like, "I know that these producers you've been talking about in uh, Syria aren't real, and that you're full of shit. I'm taking over production and we're going to finish this film together because you're I she clearly said they talented." Were from Serbia. Serbia, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, uh, but you, you're you're like you're clearly a talented filmmaker. You just need somebody to guide you, and this is sort of like what I actually think the movie is about. Is uh, I, I'm thinking about the fact that editing, as an, on an industrial scale, is largely dominated by women. Um, mm-hmm. Historically, has mm. been um, because it was considered the like the non-artistic non-essential job uh so of course women were allowed to do it and then uh in the 70s and 80s when editors started uh being highlighted then it became more like oh men can edit too cuz cuz now there's glamour to be found that's basically the entire history of film is yeah. women doing cool things and then men being like, well, I can do that too. If it means getting paid and getting lots of prestige and then saying women can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But um... there's, there's a, a quote. I do not remember who said it, but they said basically if there is a woman editor, then technically she's the director because she's the one that basically has to put everything else together. Yes. And that's what I think this movie is about. Yeah. Because this is this, like the, uh, George reminds me so much of like, um, uh, uh, what's the the guy from the room? Um, oh, yeah, Johnny. No, um, uh, uh, the the director Tommy the, Wiseau. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. Yeah, he re- he reminds me of Tommy Wiseau. He reminds me of the guy who has a bunch of laptops out in the desert and films himself. Neil Breen. Oh my uh, god, Neil oh, Breen. The like, Breen team. Like, so what this made me think of is like these guys and and like literally two like right before. Uh, we started re- uh, watching this movie. I finished watching an episode of Best of the Worst, so I've I've already got like bad movies on my mind, mm-hmm. um, and I've just like seen so many of these where it's like a like a, a vanity project from some guy who's like happened onto a thing, and in this case, it's like he's he's got this jacket and he's got this camera, and he's like, all right, I'm going to make a movie. I mean, mm-hmm. he says he's going to make a movie to impress a woman, but. Um, it it, it 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 reminds me so much of these these sort of vanity projects that don't that are that are like clearly awful and i think it's so interesting that denise shows up and where where george like the first the first thing that denise sees of him is like him standing outside of his car examining his newly acquired deerskin jacket in the reflection on his car and like doing little turns and checking out the different angles and like admiring himself. And Denise works at a bar and like this guy is so self-absorbed and he thinks this jacket is so cool. And he's like, this is my sense of style. Uh, and he get, he's like, feels personally insulted that someone would think that he works in pornography rather than <laughs> making like art. Cause of, like, don't you see my jacket? This isn't, 
I'm not a film mate. I'm not a I'm not a porn film guy. Um, okay, but he does look like a porn film. Guy. Well, yeah, no, he, <laughs> no, he absolutely does. That's the thing is that these guys are always so insecure, mm-hmm. and and then Denise is someone who like sees the genuine art in what he's doing, and he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't care what he's doing he has no sense of art he's just Mm -hmm. throwing the he's just filming shit randomly and she's Mm. the one who sees like what he can do or like what like what can be said by by putting these images together Mm -hmm. uh and i think even in her description of what she thinks the movie he's making is about is like there's something sort of like it's like a she says it's like a mockumentary about about um jackets um where she's How we, it's, um, put up a front for the world something like that yeah and it, there's something about it that seems sort of like underhandedly insulting to him but he it, just, it goes right over his head but so the fact that the film i was really worried for her the whole movie yeah um, i thought but, he was gonna like end up killing her at some point yeah yeah that's what it, I, where i thought the ending was going i was so yeah scared. Yeah, because because they're they, they, she says we're going to do this movie together, and they drive out into the middle of nowhere, and I'm thinking like, okay, so he's going to kill her and take all this money that he that she's not giving to him, but instead, uh, the 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 father of the kid that he threw a rock at earlier in the movie kills him. It's not the cops. It's not people doing a manhunt. It's just this guy. Mm-hmm. First, he he does this thing that I feel like is saying something, and I'm haven't quite let it marinate long enough in my mind where he gives her the camera says film me in his new duds where he has his deerskin gloves his deerskin jacket his deerskin hat his deerskin pants his deerskin boots Mm. and he's just running around in front of the mountain that was like the opening shot of the mockumentary he made saying what what was he saying he's like film me film me film me yeah he just just keeps saying film me basically he wants to be the (laughs) and she's like he's just bordering parody uh-huh. She's like, I'm filming you, and then he dies in that yeah. moment. And I just, I feel it. Maybe that's what the filmmaker wanted. They were like, I bet they'll think this is something, and maybe it isn't. Well, he, well, he gets, he gets shot, and then she, <laughs> and she like, uh, she's like surprised for a second, but then she keeps filming, and she looks over and sees like the kid in the truck uh, that has like a bandage on his head, and uh, the dad with like this rifle, and he just packs it up and drives away. Mm-hmm. And she goes up to his body and takes the jacket off of him. And mm-hmm. the last the last shot of the movie before the credits is her, like, while filming herself, putting the jacket on. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is like, I don't know, there's there's some... I, I feel like a, 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 a smarter, more popular film critic than me could probably make a Me Too reading of this movie. Um, but it's it's... It's interesting. I, I I think it's. I don't think that this film uh, really cares what it's about to the extent that it has like a distinct message. But it's. Mm-hmm. But 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 it, but there's definitely a vibe to it that I really like. That's like, if it, it, it almost feels like behind the scenes of something like The Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I appreciate that they also didn't turn her into a girl boss either. They, like, she's yeah. a complicated character in and of her own right. I feel like a, a lesser movie would have... I'm trying to remember. I feel like it would have American psychoed her where there's, like, that one random woman who's, like, quote-unquote not like the others who, like, figures him out. Mm-hmm. And that's her arc is, like, mm-hmm. I figured out you're the murderer. And, like, yeah. I'm, like, cool. Good for you, girl. Yeah. I mean, like, she does, but that's, um, like, whereas not this one takes it a step further. Yeah. yeah, she does, and she's just, like, into it. She's like, yeah, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, she's weird, too. And, and like, they have a conversation about it, about, like, yeah, we're both alone in the universe because we're both just weirdos, so, like, let's just be alone together and make this movie. Yeah. yeah her arc doesn't begin with him, and it doesn't end with him. It is hers in her own right as well, yeah. which is very yeah. satisfying to see. So, um, what's, uh, so I think, Marty, you had a theory about the, the jacket jacket. possibly being (laughs) possessed. This is where I I kind of wonder, I was wondering if the film was going in this direction. I mean, very obviously the jacket is not actually, like, alive, but it does very feel, it, like, it feels like that's where the, it's going. I mean, like. He, like, George talks for the jacket 
when it's in the scenes where the jacket is supposedly talking to him, you can see his mouth moving when he's sitting in the foreground and the the jacket's like in in like the, uh, in the focus. But, um, (laughs) this is stupid, but like, because he spent so much money on this jacket, he, I feel like George has to like make up some reason as to why it has to be so important and so, because because he spent so much money on it, basically, I've I've made up this thing where George has this whole like personality of like a bourgeois piece of shit asshole that like wants to get rid of all of the jackets that aren't made out of deerskin or just like any jacket period that isn't that one, mm-hmm. just because it's it's it has to be important or else he wouldn't have spent so much money on it, and so. So, like, the the jacket, like, basically convinces him that, like, it's important enough for him to commit murder for it, basically. Um, <laughs> because, like, he spent, like, what, 8,000 euros on it is what, what he, they yeah, said at the beginning? Like yeah. Close to it. Yeah. So, like, that, like, is my theory is that, like... He, like, made a stupid decision, and because he's the kind of person who doesn't want to go back on, like, or regret anything he does, he he basically just makes up a reason as to why that he keeps doing shitty things. And mm-hmm. it's that the jacket is so expensive and so important, and is a, I don't know, <laughs> it has the personality of a bourgeois piece of shit and basically convinces him that it's important enough <laughs> to commit murder for him. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, uh, there's definitely like the sunk cost thing of he spent <laughs> this much money on this jacket. So he needs to think that it is as important as it can be mm-hmm. when I think it's interesting when the jacket talks mm-hmm. uh, as the film goes on, there's more and more abstraction. So the first time we see, we have like a dialogue between George and the jacket. Um, it's like him just talking. And I actually, you actually probably wouldn't be able to really easily tell uh, who is supposed to be talking without the subtitles. Cause they, mm-hmm. they tell you which like as George in a higher pitch voice or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the, the second time, the way that they film it, uh, there's a shallow, shallow depth of field so when george is talking he's in focus and then when the jacket is supposed to be talking the jacket is in focus and like you can still see george's mouth moving in the foreground like blurry but there's still like this stylistic delineation and then there is one shot at the end like after his big killing spree when george is like passed out and we see his face and Mm -hmm. it there the, the camera shows the jacket on a chair and it says George a couple of times, like yeah. trying to wake him up. And that one, that particular shot is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do think that there is evidence in this film of, of a more spiritual reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's not as unambiguous as I kind of expected it to be. Um, and the, well, the and fact if it was that, just in his head, why did she take it as well? Well, yeah, exactly. Like Denise takes the takes the jacket at the end, and and if we're for working at this as a symbolic film, uh, there the, the the jacket must represent some aspect of society that is like um, violence and control and a sense of like coolness that goes with that that mm-hmm. is passed from person to person. Um, yeah, and like the original owner even said. He he wore it for like a month and then it went out of style and so he just put it away. And I don't know, there's there's a there's enough little pieces of information about everything in this movie that you can start to get your gears turning. And it doesn't give you enough to like close any of those lines. I don't know. It's like it's mm-hmm. this is this I love that. This is one of my favorite kinds of movies. Like uh mm-hmm. I was actually thinking a lot Open about interpretation. Um, yeah, I was thinking about um, Wild at Heart by David Lynch. I don't know if y'all have seen mm. that. I have I, not. That's one that I've been meaning to watch for a while now. Uh, well, there's um, Nicolas Cage's character in that film. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Marty is, is sold. Is uh, also obsessed with a jacket. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he he has a snakeskin jacket, and he literally has a speech in the film that he says twice, where uh, he's at like a, a a punk bar, and there's like a, a metal band playing, and uh, it's it's Nicolas Cage and um, Laura Dern, and Laura Dern like some some punk like comes up to Laura Dern and tries to dance with her, and Nick Cage like holds up his hand, and the band stops playing, and he like marches up and is like there to defend his woman and um the 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 punk is like you look like an idiot in that jacket and uh nick cage's character says this is a snakeskin jacket for me it's a symbol of uh my individuality and my belief in personal freedom (laughs) like he literally states this out loud and and then proceeds to like like beat the shit out of this punk uh and he says that he says that speech like twice in the movie word Mm -hmm. for word and I think like, I have seen a clip of that speech, and it's, yeah, it's delivered so weirdly in the most Nicolas Cage fashion that you can imagine. Yeah, Wild at Heart is a is a really upsetting movie that is very good. Uh, it's uh, like part bank heist movie, part <laughs> weird romance movie, and also partially a remake of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, okay, it's, uh, it's a. Yeah, it's an interesting film, but uh, I think I think this and Deer and and Wild at Heart, like Deerskin and Wild at Heart, would make for a good double feature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's interesting for the the whole like statement of the symbolism in the Wild at Heart because in this one, it feels like they do, but then uh, for me, when I examine it, I get a little lost because it says like the jacket represents the kind of front we put on for society so that no one ever sees who we really are. But, like, I don't feel that from George. Like, I don't really feel like there is anything besides the jacket. Like, I don't see anything of his wants or his desires. Like, he says he wants to be a filmmaker, but all he ends up filmmaking is his jacket. Yeah, it it feels like this is a guy whose life has just collapsed. Like, mm-hmm. he's um, uh, like he's just gone through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to accept that maybe he is a shitty person and maybe his wife is better off without him. And so rather than try to improve himself, he just does retail therapy. And we see Mm -hmm. him do that multiple times in the film where he goes and he like buys the deer skin uh, boots and he buys the, he has uh, Denise buy him the gloves and she gets him the pants and he steals the hat from the dead guy. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like if I just get this this uh, fashionable deerskin thing, then I will then I will be good. I will be as as elegant as a deer in the wild, and no one will be able to contest my purity. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, frankly, this is this 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 film is why like like a very strong argument for why furries are good. Because he could have <laughs> just just invested in a fursuit. Uh-huh. Uh, That's true. And, and like that would have like and, and like eight thousand euros that'll buy you a really good fursuit. And well, in the last um, and, shot like, of this film, you, oh. and like so, oh, sorry. And you go like if you if you were to go to a furry convention in, in a in a eight thousand euro suit like that, like people would love him. <laughs> like he would go viral instantly. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because the last shot of this film, it feels like there's some underlying environmentalism going on. Yeah. When there's the last shot of the film is him, like, the film is over, she's taken the jacket, he's dead. And then it cuts to, like, a scene from his film where it, it it's, it's like, it starts with, like, a deer. It's mm-hmm. like a bunch of deer running in the forest, and then he turns the camera around, and he, he smiles, and he points at them. And, like, he he's like, like you kind of said, Sarah, like, that's me. I am here. <laughs> And it's like this perversion My of like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the earnest perversion of it because like it's mm-hmm. it's not like I don't believe he really wants to go in there. I just don't think he knows what that symbolizes or represents mm-hmm. at all. Th- I think then he just knows he wants to be a part of it. the The other half of that argument is that he gets shot by a random person. Like, there's no importance random. to. I mean, he's a kid's dad. I mean, like it's it's like. Very obviously, like, it's not random random, but, like, the fact that he is wearing that full suit and then gets shot with a hunting gun. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. the, that, that pulls that together, the, that kind of outlook yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't and know. Then... There's there's definitely some meat on these bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other thing though is I don't know, part of me feels like the jacket is a manifestation of his true self. Mm. Um because like obviously he he has like problems he's divorced like he's spending all this money on stuff that he doesn't need but like i feel like the reason that he's doing that is just because he wants to justify being a shitty person and so like the jacket is more like his outward what he wants to actually like what what he really is and like the more he wears it the more he values it the more he acts like the person that he's projecting onto the jacket, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think Sarah made a compelling argument of the furriness. Yeah, I mean, he could just <laughs> yeah, also I be totally a furry. <laughs> he, could, he could be a shitty piece of shit furry. Yeah, like, there are plenty of those. From the bad side of <laughs> yeah. fandom. <laughs> and I also want to clarify, I wasn't trying to undercut your reading. I think that is very valid. I just felt like that I, I didn't have anything to add, so I made a jokey joke. No, that's fair. No, I feel that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I when I watch movies, I very much go in for, like, experience versus meaning. Um, yeah. But, like, I, yeah. Do like, I do like all of, like, um, these readings that you guys have supplied, because I think I don't know, like, it definitely added a lot to the way I see the film. Um, but, like, the reason I love this film at the end of the day is because of the experience of watching it and, like, the sheer WTF-ness of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of the way it escalates. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kind of dumble down on what I said earlier, but I, I feel like... Th- I watched the trailer for this movie beforehand because he gave me a couple of options and I... Uh, I really liked rubber, so that I, I wanted to, but I wanted to see f- what the vibe was from the trailer. And there were like, you know, pull quotes that they put in trailers, or like, "Wow, this is the best movie I've ever seen." Signed, Roger Ebert, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's like, uh, for for this, it was a lot of like, "Oh my god, what the fuck? It's so weird. It's so it's so out there." And that honestly kind of turns me off. Like that kind of praise about a movie, it always makes me feel like. Um, my my current bugbear is everybody saying that WandaVision is really Lynchian because it has <laughs> some abstraction. Oh, and my it, God. that's and a bold yeah. claim. Yeah, no one can, no like one can get to the level of Lynchian except Lynch in most cases. Yeah, but to 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 keep on topic, I don't want to open that can of worms. I'm just gesturing. It's a at mystery. It so a David Lynch made it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. For a lot yeah. for for a lot of people, David uh, Lynchian just means I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, but like, I uh, I think um, I, I I I was worried that it was gonna be too over the top or, or too like too ultra violent. Like I've I've I, I enjoy ultra violence in movies, but I I prefer it when it's justified. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I agree with that a lot. Because, again, it's like a lot of a lot of horror movies, a lot of mid-budget horror movies now sort of skate by on spectacle. And that's fun. That has its place. But I, I don't particularly enjoy that type of movie as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of a little wary that it would just turn into like this this really over the top thing. But actually, I found it surprisingly understated. Yeah, like it. It, it, yeah. it it's it's filmed in a pretty neutral style. I commented when we started that it, it feels like it's just raw footage, like it hasn't been color yeah. corrected. Um, and and as the film went on, it, it became clear to me that that wasn't the case. There's there's a lot of shots that are, um, like the the the, the it's just it's just got a, it's a very deliberately limited mm-hmm. color palette that they use, and it's really yeah. nice. The fact that it's um, washed out really marks yeah. the fact that it's more of a mundane story than yeah. What it, the whole thing mundane is a good word for it. It all feels it much... mundane, which lets mm-hmm. the escalate. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. The no, it it's just okay. lets the, the the escalation at the end when it's when it really does start to get extremely violent. Um, it 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 still manages to feel natural and real, like. I wouldn't even put the quality of the kills of this movie as like 
saw tier. Like they're good. They're, 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 they're high spectacle, but they're not like the goriest, wildest kills or anything that I've ever seen. It's just yeah. that the flow of this movie is such that by the time you get there, I don't know, it has a different affect than mm-hmm. than so many other movies like it. I, I really, really liked it. Yeah, I agree with that. I was, I, I have not mastered the art of coming in at the end of a, a thought or phrase, so I'm still kind of learning about that. So no one feel bad for it. I'm just... I'm feeling my way through the audio sphere. But um, one thing I really loved about this movie that I realized now after taking a genre course is how the films that tend to break genre conventions, but it doesn't feel like it's doing it intentionally like Cabin in the Woods or pointing out tropes. It's just existing Mm -hmm. on its own terms because halfway through the movie, I was like, how is this a horror movie? Right. Like it doesn't have any of the the symbols. It doesn't have any of the character tropes. It doesn't have anything. I was like, this is this feels like a weird, obscure, surreal drama, but it exists on its own terms. Like I can't really compare this to a lot of media, and the media that I I do see it compared to so far also breaks certain genre conventions. So I do think mm-hmm. it is. It is. I don't think it's just. I don't know. It, like I, I think I talked about kind of what Sarah mentioned in the unfriended, the the one with the the internet killing, and I love it, <laughs> but I don't feel it. I yeah. see it. I I am impressed by it. This movie, I feel it, even though I don't. There is such. It's not like deep characterization. It's not a. It's not a character piece. It's not. Uh, but it, no. I feel it, and yeah. I don't really know how much more to say beyond that, other than. Like, I'm not going to cry or anything, but, like, it moved me. I'm thinking about it. I'm engaged with it. I'm going to remember this film, and I'm going to bring it up in conversations. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, for the most part, the things that I'm going to be thinking about most in this film, like, when I think about it, are Denise putting on the jacket mm-hmm. and just, like, the jacket itself. I mean, the movie's called Deer Skin, so, like... I feel like that was the point of it, is that the jacket is the centerpiece of the whole film. But, like, I, I'm not going to be thinking about George, really, at all, mostly. I'm going to be thinking about love. the jacket, and the jacket's motivations, and Denise putting on yeah. the jacket at the end, and what that means, and, like, what I'm going to figure out from that. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, which I really love, because it would be so easy to turn this guy, who is, who is like a Tommy Wiseau character into someone whose psychology is to be studied and i I, like my big problem with a lot of like bad movie culture is they they'll they'll take genuinely awful human beings who make these shitty vanity projects and inadvertently give them a huge platform Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and i really like that this film like i know it's a fictional character but i do like that this film is pretty unambiguous that george is just a pathetic guy and he doesn't he he's at, he's on his last legs and then he just sort of dies a sad lonely death and yeah uh mm-hmm. she will probably finish his movie and take complete credit for it and good for her I was she, to say she should <laughs> yeah this one's well, going on the list of the good for her cinematic universe <laughs> uh, good for her <laughs> Good for her. Oh my no. god, Yas Queen. And, oh my and god. I will say the jacket looks the jacket looks a lot better on her though. It, it does. does. It does. It does. It's a little the... tight on him, which no yeah. no shame, but like the hat worked better than the jacket. You know? yeah. yeah. He did look better in the hat, I think mainly because the beard kind of completed the look. But the jacket yeah. looks much better on her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I might be biased. Yeah, the, I was about to say, this is like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I think he's cute, but, like, Denise is cuter. Denise yeah. is cuter. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe the jacket is a representation of eccentricity and the way that men use it to be shitty while women just genuinely can... I don't know. Off. Yeah, yeah, can't pull it off. I know what you mean. I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I. I that's not a. Uh, that's not a bad read. This is. This is what I. I love movies like this that give you just enough to work with. That it starts your wheels turning. Yeah, and it's like it's like I love these like, like again like what I love about David Lynch is there are little halls of mirrors where mm-hmm. you're just seeing what you bring into it, but there's so many avenues to see it. 
Yeah. You're, you're seeing so many different reflections of reflections and then you come away like, like you can, you can just come up with all kinds of different theories and like pick it apart. There's just enough information there. Not too much. It, it, it's just like, it's my favorite kind of movie. I really like it. It works yeah. in simplicity and it works in complexity. So I think yes. I, I really think it's perfect. Yeah. Like it's, it's a movie that I feel like I could show to like a really normie film person and they would probably still get a kick out of it. And it's mm-hmm. something that I could show to somebody like me who has gone to film school and worked in film, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and also get a lot out of it. And those are pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I should also mention, or we should also mention that it's only an hour and 16 minutes. Yeah, which, which is, is a big point. Blessing. Yeah, big point yeah. in the movie's favor. And it's yeah. like, it's just long enough. Like, it's it's like perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like the exact it's like, right length. It's like the person who made this movie knew the importance of editing yeah, and I was about to say, conciseness. I was about to point that out. <laughs> yeah. like, it seems like the editor really knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hey. you know what? I could honestly see this movie as just being like uh like I, I the the script is written by the editor and it's just like them working oh out a gosh. grudge they have with a shitty filmmaker that they've worked with. Yeah. <laughs> it could be that Good. too. Like this, like, this uh, honestly, I would support that. The jacket is a symbol of uh ma- like majority like the jacket is a symbol of authority i guess and yeah the person who wears it is the most important thing and when when the person who has too many pieces becomes you know a i don't know a deer they kill the children <laughs> it's time to kill the child killer yeah <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know i'm trying that boy I, interests me i i don't i want to know what he means if anything, that little boy. Yeah, is he yeah. Is he the audience? It. it could be. <laughs> it's um, interesting. He's just watching. He looking. Yeah the the child is strange because he's silent and he's just watching. So I I feel like him as the audience would be like a good like a good surrogate but he's also not impressed like i feel like that's why he attacks him too he's not he's not doing the fanboy thing where he's like oh my god yes yes he's not encouraging him and he's not even discouraging Mm -hmm. him he's just kind of looking yeah yeah and like that's not enough for the guy he's like i need more i need need you to feel and to worship and not just be someone who says i think this is okay okay now i'm seeing this as like if George is, like, a director character who, like, someone wrote this about, like, having a grudge, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm seeing this now. This is a, this is a metaphor for the film industry. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I'm trying to figure out who the dad is. Also. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Maybe the dad is the industry the, the, itself. The critic who wrote if a bad review. Becomes... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you have, like, the audience being, like, like, a general neutral audience being a child who's just watching, then you have a critic who's, like, one single thing can take down a whole person's career, then yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, maybe well we, it's yeah we're we're past an hour yeah, now I was about to say we are approaching the hour mark um so i'm gonna start winding things down is there any last topics that we haven't talked about yet um what do the pants represent no i'm kidding <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, the oh, value of having oh. a, a great butt yeah we uh, did we did miss uh really quick the very first thing in the movie He's he's in like he stops at like a gas station and he he flushes his old jacket or tries to flush yeah, his old jacket down the toilet. Because yeah. we I forgot about that. Something else is just wild. Image of this guy trying to force it down the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, and and that almost makes me think that this is a guy who's just like uh, ties his entire worth to this sense of like being fashionable. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Hmm. It's I I I'm excited to rewatch this movie. Yeah, I feel like the, this I mean, is a movie the, that will be the very jacket valuable. being flushed down the toilet definitely lends 
some evidence to the theory of it being about what basically what Denise says that the jacket is a persona mm-hmm. and like getting rid of your mundane persona for something flashy and wild and you know out there go ahead yeah. Hannah <laughs> sorry I'm so bad at like oh, figuring okay. out when some a sentence is ending um but I I this is the kind of film, my, this is going to be li- my last word on the thing, is this is the kind of film that I think there is a value in, like, kind of just going through your first thoughts on it because, like, that's always a valuable part to the thinking through process. But I'm honestly, like, I don't even know if I'm doing it justice because, like, I want to read an essay. I want to rewatch it. I want to go scene by scene. I want to see the visual motifs. Yeah. I want to see, like, all these things because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not doing it justice because this film is smart and not, like, fake smart. It's just... Like, it's not trying to, like, rub its dick in your face of how smart it is. It's just existing on its own terms, and I freaking yes. love it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, I concur 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. This was absolutely You are incredible. very smart, Sarah. Yes. Well, also, I feel like you're I dominated very the conversation, and I apologize. Oh, you're just very fun to be around and to listen to. Yeah. So. Thank you for all having of, me. I'm always, I'm always happy your, to be on. Mm-hmm. All of your and... film knowledge is it lends credence to a wonderful conversation. Always. <laughs> well, I'm, I I'm feel glad smarter it's... having talked to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad that's the case. I'm glad it's not just me talking over y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I genuinely wasn't expecting to like this movie as much or to have as much to say about it. I just, it's, it. it, it this is this is impressive, and I, yeah, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to watch something like this because I probably, I, I'd never heard about this movie. I probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise. So thank yeah. you for thank you for having me as always. Yeah, uh, great well, recommendation, you're... Kyla. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. My, it's been kind of my goal to make sure everybody sees this. Because it didn't get much of a release <laughs> mm-hmm. at all, and like no one knows about it, and I just mm-hmm. feel like that yeah. should be remedied, and everyone needs to watch this. And it's on HBO this Max, on... so if you yeah, haven't, go watch I was it. Say, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, HBO Max, baby. I know y'all have it for whatever reason. For the Snyder Cut, hello, for the Snyder Cut. Oh, no, 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 no. What you got? You've got you've got Tom and Jerry. Uh huh. You've got uh you've got Godzilla versus Kong and mm-hmm. you've got uh the Snyder cut. Like it's yes. it's pays for itself, baby. I guess that's it. So, while you're here though, do you have anything to promote, Sarah? Oh, uh yeah. Uh you can find me on Twitter at HMS No Fun. Um working on a couple of different things. I have a YouTube channel that's uh, let's talk about stuff. And you can find that at youtube.com slash C slash let's talk about stuff. All one word smashed together. Um, I'm currently working on a couple of projects. I'm continuing my video essay series on the works of the Wachowski sisters. And as part of that, actually, I'm collaborating with uh, Eric Sophia McAllister, who does the YouTube channel Curio. Mm-hmm. Um, to do a video about why the Matrix sequels are good, actually. Um, we've, we've had several big writing sessions. We have, we have one tomorrow, actually. Uh, we're hoping to release that in March. Um, and I think it's going to be, I, I think it might be, I think it might, I think it might blow up. I think it has the potential to blow up. It's got, we've, we've, we've come up with some really good ideas and some arguments and I, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also working on, a video about the Talking Heads concert film "Stop Making Sense." Yeah, oh, nice. uh, that is that is rapidly Good. turning into an examination of how autism has been depicted historically oh, in cinema. Yeah. It's an interesting. It's an interest. It's I don't know. It's a rabbit hole that I've fallen into recently, and I'm excited to work on that. That sounds so. like a wonderful rabbit hole that I will be watching when it comes out. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, damn right. Well, yeah, so uh, all of the links to all my stuff, again, are on Twitter, and I'm on there way too much, so uh, oh, at, at HMS No Fun, uh, and you can support me on patreon.com slash LTAS. There you go. Heck yeah. So, yes. Um, yes. as always, you can find Netflix and Kill on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. 
Um, we have a link up in the show notes for Marty's transition fund. So go donate. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's going to happen. We're really excited. It, it will happen. Yes. I need to make my second appointment. I got recommended to a place that's like specific for like transition and like trans healthcare in Dallas. Nice. And um, it's going to be expensive. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to need all the help I can because at the moment my job does not offer me uh, health Oof. insurance that would cover it. So yeah. of course. <sighs> yeah. Trying to get trying to get my transition going as soon as I can because yeah. I'm tired of you know dysphoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It sucks. The last thing I do, well, I want to promote real fast is our friend of the podcast, Aaron, who listeners might remember from the Hellraiser episodes, has mm-hmm. just started a new podcast called Kill All Squares about um, international mm-hmm. cinema. And the first episode is up on YouTube. I am on the first episode. It was, we talked I about- I will be guesting soon also. Yeah. We talked about Branded to Kill. It was super fun. Uh, so go check that out. I think yes. we're gonna watch. Um, he told me what he said. He was yeah, gonna show like you a, like a luchador, one of those. Yeah, it's like I think El Chavo versus the Vampire Women or something. Yeah, something. I can't. I anyway. can't remember the name specifically, Incredible. but I know. I know there's a luchador, and I know he's gonna fight some vampire ladies, and I'm excited I'm for so it. I'm so excited. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening. And may your nightmares be plentiful. Don't wear your jackets inside. They'll possess you. 